This is the Alchemize Your Life podcast. Oh, wait, hey, babe, babe, wait, so I know no. we're recording right now, but I have something really important that I need to tell you, like, right now. Oh, no. Yeah, remember that time that we did that thing near on the full moon? No, you can't, you can't be serious. I'm pretty serious. Hi, I'm Sian Kenshin. And I'm Sophie Ma. And we're here to alchemize, alchemize your life. In this podcast, we show you how to apply the principles of spirituality, prosperity, and sexuality to create true and lasting transformations in your life and business. Join us at the Prism Institute of Quantum Alchemy as we explore the ancient, esoteric teachings of Buddhism, Tantra, Hermetics, and more. As we weave these primal energies together within ourselves, we repair the fractured consciousness of humanity itself. Join us in liberating the world and realizing that the gold is in you. So we've been into... Um natural fertility and planning and stuff like that for what, like two and a half years now? It's called natural family planning and it's a birth control, also a fertility method, but it was used as a birth control method. Well, it gives you both. It gives you both. And the reason for that is because actually we'll talk more about this in the next uh, episode, but like fuck hormones all about how the entire like Western society is designed to poison your body. Yeah, that'll be in the next episode. But suffice to say that um, it was actually even before you and I got together, I was starting to get like really strong hits to stop birth control. I had an IED mm-hmm. at the time. And so I took it. You'll recall I had already had an appointment to get it with removed when we got together because I was just like something in my body is telling me that like having a foreign object inside of it that's injecting hormones doesn't sound like a good fucking idea. So I took that out and natural family planning is uh, what I've been using ever since. Yeah. And so, so what is that natural family planning? Yeah. It's kind of a fucked up name when you think about it, actually. Like, I don't know. It feels, it feels like a weird name to me to like define, to, to it could be anything. How, how, how about using technology to learn your natural cycle? Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. It, well, but you don't need to use technology. I use technology, but basically it's just tracking your cycle mm-hmm. and knowing that unlike what they tell you in high school, girls, no, you cannot get pregnant the second a guy looks at you and no, you can't get pregnant at any day at any time in any way. There's only really like for most people about five days of the month that they can get pregnant you learn to recognize those five days via, for me, I use a thermometer that's Bluetooth connected, but you know, some people use cervical mucus, some people use um, location of the cervix, some people use a bunch of different things. You should probably use all of them. Yeah, you could use all of them for sure, because you know, the apps are not always perfect and temperature fluctuations happen, especially if you travel as much as we do. Mm-hmm. Um and, and have life circumstances such as we do. But uh, basically, it's just under- learning your body, understanding your body. And knowing when you're allowed to have sex and when you can't. So fast forward two years. So we've gone through a lot of yogic transformations, you know, like body purification, allowing all these chemicals and hormones to leave our bodies. And like, what's your cycle like now? Well, at this exact moment, it's kind of a little funny because we've been traveling between the hemispheres, mm-hmm. but it is 
perfectly synced up with the moon. Yeah, either opposite or in conjunction with. Yes, exactly. And so when I say it's been a little bit funny, it, it appears, and we're testing this theory right now, but it appears that when we switched hemispheres and went back to North America, it appears that the um, like timing, like whether it's ovulation or bleeding that happens at the full moon and the new moon, like reversed. And now that we're back here, it seems to have gone back. Kind of like the water, like the example you used the, the other day. The toilets flush opposite in the different hemispheres. Yeah. And that would make a lot of sense because the moon affects water. Right. Right. And we are water. Like 80%. Yeah. yeah. And the hemispheres affect water. Mm-hmm. And we are water. Yeah. So it's interesting that, like, you've been perfectly synced up with the full moon. Um, and then we went to... North America, and you synced up with the new moon instead. Yeah. That was really interesting. And we're like, oh, what the fuck happened? Because it was like almost immediate, a, yeah. a, an immediate switch. Yeah, so all of a sudden my cycle was just like 48 days long. And I was like, what and, the fuck just happened? And then within two weeks of coming back it to Bali, again. it switched again. Yeah. Yeah, so like that. And I mean, that's a rapid switch. That's like really like something pushed your body. Yeah. And that's kind of the topic of today. So is it really? Some, something My pushed cycle your body. is the topic of today? Yeah. Well, no, some, something something pushing your body. Name, namely, our uh, our friend Martina. Oh, coming, I'm sure she's going to love that. Coming in and, and messing up your cycle. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> so we, uh, we had been on the cycle for, uh, I don't know, like eight months? We'd been on natural family planning for eight months, yeah. Yeah. And uh, everything was perfect, like... We knew the cycle. We had a plan, dates planned out, like when we could have sex, when we decided not to, mm-hmm. and um, or had other kinds of fun. Because yeah. my friends, there are many other kinds of fun that you can have. Yeah, or you know, if you're like us, we can have sex. We just stop before yeah the big event. Yes, um, and then in September 2020, the very end of September, we had a little guest who was going to stay for a couple weeks who ended up because of lockdowns and everything, staying a lot longer. And becoming <laughs> a very dear, dear friend of ours, Miss Martina. You guys have probably seen her on our Instagrams before. Yeah. And now, this is like the really messed up thing. It's like, there's so little effort put into research and that that like helps people who are doing it this way because it's, it's the rarity, right? That... Um, well, let's just say the devices don't come with, like, much of a manual. No, they really don't. And I, for my school, um, and maybe this is different in other schools around the world, but in, in my education system, like, anything other than condoms and uh, a hormonal pill, like, just in don't school, even, don't they even don't look. exist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you go on a pill and you use condoms and that, and maybe also a spermicide just in case, yeah. and, like, that's what you do. But never was natural family planning ever, ever, ever discussed. Yeah. And so even though I knew, like, you know, you and I knew of entrainment, this premise of entrainment and things like that. Yeah, intellectually. Intellectually. I had never, like, applied it to a concept. We didn't apply it to this. To, uh, like, my cycle, yeah. yeah. And, and, like, and I even know intellectually that, like, women's cycles sync up when they're together. That's one, which, but the thing is they don't if you're on hormonal birth control. Well, the one who's on hormonal birth control forces the other to sync up with them. Right. But every, every woman that's ever been around me has always been on hormonal birth control. Yeah. So yeah. that's just never been part of my reality. So even though I've heard of it, I've never lived it. Yeah. So um, 
probably don't want people who are on birth control around you. <laughs> well, you know, um, that is something that was a big topic when we were in Tulum, if you recall correctly. Um, and there was a lot of news going on around, you know, the vaccines were brand new. And there was a lot of people talking about how they were potentially affecting um, women's reproductive processes and cycles yeah. and cycles and there if you remember there was a lot of was, womb yeah. practitioners that actually left Tulum mm -hmm. and moved to less touristy areas because they didn't want to be around people that had been vaccinated because of you know the potential entrainment assuming that yeah. you believe that this so is there, what the vaccines there's people do. who are thinking you know properly about energetic entrainment and how chemicals affect our bodies and all this sort of stuff so anyways you may have guessed what happened by this point Martina moved in and what, and what happened? And while we were on vacation doing our breathwork training. While we were on vacation during our breathwork training, unbeknownst to us, because, you know, we were just using the device and not really, like, verifying a lot of the stuff, because we knew the cycle at this point. We're pretty confident with it. And it shifted. It shifted. And we had a lot of sex that weekend. Yeah. But you know what's interesting is literally the second... Like, I actually, it, it's eerie to me how accurate it was. Like, literally the second we finished, we both kind of got up from the bed and we were like... We, we didn't say anything to each other at first, but we both thought. Yeah, we like looked at each uh, other and we were like... I uh, think something just happened. Yeah, like we could feel it. Yeah. Gave each other kind of a weird look. And so then I went and I like looked at my cycle, my chart, and I was like, no, I should be fine. It should be fine. Should but be like, fine, but the temperature hasn't... Dro hadn't dropped or something. The temperature hadn't gone up yet. Hadn't gone up yet. But yeah. that's not necessarily a sign that you're not fertile, no. right? Like, because you can be fertile three days before it goes up. But I was like, yeah, I don't. And it's not. It's not scheduled for like two more weeks, so it should be fine. Yeah. And but we both, you know, we looked at each other and we we're like, mm, doesn't feel fine. Doesn't feel fine. Like we both just knew. Yeah. Yeah. I had visions and like in that in that moment of like some being like coming in and, and and I was like oh yeah no this is a thing this is a thing and so I think like a week later well that that day you and I were both so certain well, we went and got the plan we, B we went and got plan B we were yeah. in Vancouver Canada at the time where plan B is very easy to get and we went and got plan B because we were just like you know what like let's just not take a chance like yeah. that that feels like you know because at that time, we were still pretty sure that my cycle would be the way that it normally was. But we just didn't want to take any chances because we both got the hits. So we're like, well, let's just go take a plan B. Yep. Yeah, we trust those hits. Yeah. So we took a plan B. And then um, it was, yeah, a week later. Because it was still technically too early to have been able to tell. Like, I shouldn't have been able to pull a, a preg positive pregnancy test yet. Um, but And both of us were kind of like, you know, I was tired Mm -hmm. I had a lot of pregnancy symptoms. Mm -hmm. I was really tired. I was starting to get nauseous. Yeah. I was getting food aversions. Yeah. So we're like, oh boy, here yeah. it goes. So we're like, uh-oh. And then yeah. the the day that we just, I decided to take the pregnancy test, I woke up from a dream that I was pregnant with a baby boy. And actually, I was scared about it. And I had told my mom. And then my mom went, <laughs> sorry, mom. My mom went and told everybody. And I was so mad at her. And I, like, woke up in a rage at my mom for, like, <laughs> telling my family. Oh, in, in, in the dream. In the yeah. dream, in the dream, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and I was like, hmm, you guys know if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I have a tendency to have pretty uh, intense and accurate dreams. Yeah. And so I was like, hmm. We're going to go take a pregnancy test right now. And sure enough, it was positive AF. So plan B didn't work. The plan B did not work. Unsurprising to me. Yes. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm really fertile, as are you. Yeah. Yes. So um, that was an interesting experience, let's say, because mm-hmm. at that point, both of us are like, huh, what do we do about this? Yeah, and a little bit of context here, like, you know, I grew up as somebody that always assumed I would have kids, always kind of, you know, wanted to have kids, was always very, very good with kids. Many of my jobs involved being around kids in my early part of my career. And, you know, then something shifted. I hit like, you know, a couple of relationships that were a little bit more, I don't want to say challenging, but it was just like, it was a lot just keeping the relationship together, you know? And I was like, living my life and doing like working a lot. And as you guys know, I was like, you know, 80 hour weeks with corporate and board and stuff. And there was just like, I couldn't even imagine a world where I would want to put a kid into that because I really liked my suffering and pain and I didn't want to change it. And I associated having children with more suffering and pain and having to give up my individuality and my independence. So uh, you know, at that this, is the North American narrative. Yeah. And like, you know, I didn't envision it being a thing where I would be able to have help. And so I was like, cool, I'm just going to give up my entire life for 18 years. And yeah, you, you get an awesome kid out of it. But like, fuck that was basically my mentality. So yeah. and and I had no desire at, at that point or many points before in my life to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been good with them. I love OPK other people's kids. Oh, I was like, what's that? <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, personally, again, I'm such a mission-driven Scorpio that like the idea of having to take care of another being beyond myself and my partner is like, eh, that seems like more work than I want to adopt. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned the, the OPK because I mean, there was another acronym that, you know, in millennial culture, is huge, and that's DINK, D-I-N-K, double income, no kids. I used to revel in that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> me too. I was like, yeah, look at all. And the the subconscious programming that that does is mm-hmm. if you decide to have kids, you're going to give up your life. Because the story is, oh, if you're double income, no kids, you're living this big, luxurious life, and you don't have any real expenses, and you can go out and do whatever the fuck you want. You all the free time that nobody else has. You get to go snowboarding and like... You know, sailing in the tropics. And and they really paint this picture of what it means to be a dink, D-I-N-K, double income, no kids. And I was really attached to that vision. And the subconscious programming that happens there is if you have a child, you will lose all that. And Mm -hmm. eventually you're going to end up in a white picket fence in the suburbs um, with screaming children and a body that you don't recognize and no energy and your career will be gone and like and, 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 and. And like that, I'm not interested in that. And to be honest, a lot of that stuff did pass through my mind and I think your mind as well when, oh, when this happened. absolutely it did. But in addition, like the, the additional context is like everything was locked down, you know? Yeah. Like we were hearing stories about like, oh, you know, husbands can't go into the room with the, with the wife like who, full when on they're deli- getting checked. Yeah. And full on deliveries without the other delivery, partner there. Yeah. And, and it's just like, you know, like this is not... Masks while this you're giving not, birth. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. you can go fuck like, yourself this, if you think I'm wearing not, a mask. <laughs> this is not the the way that this is going to happen in our lives. Like, no. um, and yet, 
it was still a rather difficult decision. And that was the thing that really amazed me anyways, um, is how hard. Yeah, me too. How hard that decision was. I figured it was a no brainer, you know, like, yeah, of course, let's just do the thing that everyone does, you know, and yeah, let's just go get an abortion and like pretend it never happened. Like that's, and that's what I always assumed I would do as well if that situation came up. And And yet there was still, there was still this, this almost like a deep visceral part of me that was like, felt not, not that this is wrong, but was like, oh, but like, maybe I actually want to have a kid with this girl. Hmm. I'm so special. (laughs) You know, and um, that was very surprising to me, Mm -hmm. uh, like how hard it was. And like, so we had a lot of discussions and lots of guidance from people that support us. Yeah, I kind of left it up to her. I was like, listen, I don't really want this right now, but I think I do want this. So... I guess I'm kind of okay if we do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Music to anyone's heart, that exact phrase. I guess I'm kind of okay if <laughs> we think, do it I, anyways. I think a phrase is a little nicer than that. <laughs> um, well, the one that really caught me was, uh, so we had made the decision to get an abortion and we hit it and um, got into the clinic and I was sitting in the car. You were dropping me off because mm-hmm. they still wouldn't let him in the clinic even to get an oh abortion. So stupid. Um, but... Uh, so we were sitting in the car and I'm about to go in and we're all, there's just this like weight and this heaviness. It's so heavy in yeah. the car. And then you looked over at me and you grabbed my head and you said, you know, if you're doing this, I'm going to like cry. If you're doing this just for me, like know that we can make this work. And that really landed for me because like I wasn't doing it just for you, but having like knowing that if I had been I had the opportunity to choose, like to choose and change my mind, mm-hmm. and I would have that your was, full support. Like that was that, really important to me. That was huge, like super huge. I'm a big believer in free will. <laughs> well, thank God for that. <laughs> and you know, I, I kind of love you a little bit, just so. a tad. Um, yeah, I mean that that was all very hard emotionally, but also very uh, liberating emotionally as well at the same time because now we both discovered these new emotions that we had, these new desires that we had, and and we were like, yeah, okay, so we are going to do this. Yeah, and we did a. But we want to create a world where we want to do this. Mm-hmm. And bef- before we get into the world, um, what feels important to share too is the type like what type of abortion we went through and why Mm -hmm. and then what we did afterwards right so um for those of you that know about abortion options you basically have two you have uh one you can take a pill either in the office or at home and you end up basically just like kind of like miscarrying chemical abortion it's a chemical abortion you end up miscarrying over the span of a couple of days um not interested in that or we can do a surgical abortion, which, you know, is... A vacuum. Basically a vacuum. Yeah, exactly. Basically a vacuum. And uh, they can, you know... To me, that felt like the better choice. For me personally, luckily, both were very accessible. You know, the healthcare in Canada... I have my challenges with healthcare in Canada. But one thing I will say is if you have something urgent like this, like, they are really set up really well for that. So it was easy for me to get in and get the situation dealt with. And I was in and out within, like, an hour. There was another factor in your decision there 
Well, the reason I felt that that was more humane was because of your first story. Yeah, yeah. My my first. Yeah, it is my first story. Hey, yeah. <laughs> this lifetime has been two lifetimes. Um, yeah, my uh, in my psychonauting, my my delving in deep into my own psyche and peeling away the layers of emotional blocks and shadows and everything, I've come across. Uh, two very strange experiences that were really hard to put into context. Um, one was like essentially dying in the womb uh, via, it felt like, like fire-like poison coming through the umbilical cord. And, and just like, and then going into like intense pain and then dissolving into blackness. Um, that one, that one came after, that one came later. The first one that came was this, uh, experience in the subtle realm where, um, where, um, I was with this entity and, And this entity was, they had their finger on a button, essentially. And they looked at me and they said, are you sure? And I said, very impulsively, actually, yes. Impulsively, emphatically, it's almost like you were excited about the whole thing. And they push the button and then I go down this like, like, expansive tunnel of light and I'm in a body again basically and uh being born again and all of that um and then there was this other one the third one that came after that where I like literally held the um previous iteration of myself and just like felt like how much compassion he must have had to die and then decide to come back with mm. intention mm -hmm. and i'm just like wow this guy's really wow mm -hmm. I, I don't know if i'd make that decision <laughs> well, some part of you clearly would. well you know i'll have to evolve a little to get to that kind of compassion but um anyways so my mom and dad told me some stories that put all of this into context um when I was not a thing. My mom and dad were, you know, dating 22, 25 kind of deal. And my dad wanted a child. And I don't think my mom did. Uh, but my dad was doing tantric magic to call in uh, a being of high power and also impregnate my mom. Yes. And sex magic is a thing, it, as we've said. It, it worked. <laughs> and then my mom was like, no, I don't want this. And so they also aborted. With the pill. With the pill. And then um, about two months later, 49 days later, somewhere around there, the date of my, birth, my uh, conception, it happened again. Mm -hmm. And my mom told me her side, and it was basically like, 
yeah, so, you know, your dad was not careful and it happened again. And I'm like, I don't think it wasn't careful. I think he is probably intentionally doing that. <laughs> <laughs> not careful uh, on purpose. Based Tomatoes on his, motto. his side of the story, it was like, oh, we were trying to. And my mom was like, he wasn't careful. I'm like, oh, I know what was going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they both have their own uh, perspectives in that. And I get to see both. Mm-hmm. Um but she, she was like, you know, the second time I, I got pregnant there, it was like, I just, I could feel it was the same being. Mm. I, I just, like, I just knew I could feel it. It was the same energy that came through. And I just couldn't do it again. I just couldn't do it to you again. Um, knowing that you had like gone through the bardo and like come back like there was obviously a mission that you had something you had to do here yeah and i mean to be clear going through the bardo and coming back is very common but going through the bardo and coming back to the, the same, same parents, parents. Yeah. is not common so like it was obvious that they were selected for a reason i mean how many um buddhist parents are there in north america yeah buddhist tantric parents not yeah. very many <laughs> So, um, yeah, that, that was, I, and I think that influenced your decision a little bit. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I really didn't like the idea of the pill overall because, I mean, at this point, we'd been off all types of medication of any way, shape, or form for, like, over a year, and so the, especially birth control. And so the idea of then flooding my uh, body with basically a toxic dose of Mm -hmm. hormones again again after we'd spent like you know a year clearing purifying purifying it it out and not that like you know the surgical method obviously you're taking anesthetic and and there's still some medications that you're taking but to me that it felt cleaner that was just my own personal perspective it felt cleaner and having heard that story for you i was like holy shit that's like the worst thing in the world i definitely am not going to do that to any being i'm sure the surgical method isn't exactly that much more enjoyable but to me it just felt better And, like, you really just have to trust your own intuition with these things, right? Like, there's no right or wrong decision in these cases. Mm -hmm. It's which one feels best to you in your heart, and you trust that, regardless of what I or anyone else has to say. (laughs) Yeah, so that's that's what we did. And And then we read. Well, and then, you know, being practicing Buddhists, uh, we broke out the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Mm -hmm. And for 49 days or seven weeks, seven times seven days, which is apparently the time it takes to go through the bardo. Mm-hmm. We have two pretty solid examples of that now. <laughs> um, we read the passages in the book to the being to remind it, wake up. Don't be afraid of these apparitions that you're seeing. Yeah, don't get trapped in the bardo. Don't get trapped in the bardo. Don't don't believe what your mind is showing you, all and all this sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. so essentially we helped guide that being through the bardo and back. and back into wherever it is that beings come from. There's a lot of different theories there. Where he needed to go. Yeah, he went back was, to where he needed to go. Which was apparently us. <laughs> So here's the interesting thing that started happening not long after we finished the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Um, you know, Sina and I have a lot of mentors that are highly psychic, and, and well, all of our mentors are highly psychic and intuitive. Some that's, of them off the charts, literally. Yeah, that's, that's a requirement to work with us. Um, but, you know, we work with some actual, like, psychics, that that is their, their role. And it was really interesting because 
you know, but a week after we finished the Tibetan Book of the Dead, people that were psychic started asking me if I was pregnant (laughs) (laughs) to the point where I was like taking pregnancy tests because I was like, fuck, did this happen again? So like, you know, I started taking pregnancy tests like every day. No, I should hope not in that respect. Um, and, And yeah, so I was just, I didn't understand it. I was like, no, I can't be. And I don't feel like I am. Like now I know what it feels like. It doesn't feel like it. You know, we knew last time, but like it was happening so often that I was starting to wonder what the fuck was going on. And eventually we decided to find out. Yeah. And we started talking to him. We we basically evoked him. I was like, oh, this guy whose name is Gabriel mm-hmm. is still hanging around and... He's just chilling. He's not going to wait forever. He's like, you guys have a timeline. Yeah. You have two years. At, uh, at that most. was more than two years ago, FYI. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess and, not quite. Se- and, uh, September 2020. Uh, our response was, okay, well, we also have requirements. Yes. And this is a beautiful <laughs> thing that we did because you guys know, like, we're, we are manifestation king and queen. And we know what the fuck we're doing when it comes to magic and manifestation. So we said, you know what? There's reasons that we decided not to bring you into this world right now, which many of which, almost all of which we've listed in this podcast. And um, so we're not saying no, but we're saying that these things need to be resolved. So here we both made separate lists. Mm-hmm. What has, and actually mine was more intense than Cian's was actually. Um, but what is required in our personal life, in our surroundings, in our, in our environment, business, in our business for us to be okay with this? Mm-hmm. How much support we need? And what does all of that look like? How can we stay and on not mission? underserve the child mm-hmm. and not underserve, um, you know, the light benders that are out there? Yeah, and it, well, I mean, it was made very clear to us that. The reason Gabrielle was choosing us was because he is part of the mission. And so it was very important that he arrives at a time when the mission is stable, when the prism is stable, when, um, you know, taking a couple months off isn't going to be detrimental, when we have support, when we have additional, you know, if he shows up and the the mission falls apart, then we've all lost, (laughs) basically. Yeah. And we were literally... Uh, about to leave the country for the first time and like with all of our stuff and go to who knows where. Yeah. And the idea of like doing that, knowing that eight months, nine months from then we'd be bringing a child into this world and we have no idea like what the conditions are of the world, of that country. Uh, it, It just like, it was like, okay, no, you know, like we've got to leave Canada (laughs) <laughs> and um, there were a lot of re- good reasons for that. Mm-hmm. And then, but then to like leave and then have to come back for some unknown reason or something like that, it was just like, no, no, not now. But okay, what are the conditions? Mm-hmm. What are like, what do, what kind of world do we want to create around us for ourselves and those people who are with us? And you guys have heard us say all the time, polarity creates clarity, right? Yeah. So we had a huge polarity that was like, nope, not this. So mm-hmm. then what is it? And we both created our specific lists and gave them up to the universe. Yeah. And it's been refined over the last two years. And mm-hmm. just like our houses. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the funny thing is, this year, right around March, April, May, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. I started going, hmm. March. It was March. March. 
I think most of those things, uh, let me go check that list. <laughs> and, and like, sure enough, like almost everything had been satisfied. I'm like, oh man, I should have asked for more. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kind of was like, oh, that's interesting. And I went and looked at my list and I was like, hmm, there are some still outstanding items, but they're outstanding because they they need to be right now, right? Like for example, yeah. having a certain uh, group of people around me while well, we were still nomadic at that time. Yeah. So that was impossible to for the universe to fulfill until we stopped fucking moving. Also, for, for me, I had to move the goalposts a little bit on spirit because um, I realized... You're allowed to do that. Oh, yeah. Like, it was a refinement. Like, the intention wasn't made super clear, just like in our previous episode, right, with manifestation of, like, changing the conditions of the vision mm-hmm. and not the actual vision. So I had to be like, oh, what I meant was this. And, yeah, it took it, and it's now they're all satisfied. Mm-hmm. So Dun, dun, dun. So what does that mean? Well, it means we have a planned conception date is what it means. Yes. It means that uh, you have an end of the deal yeah. to keep up with the universe. I, I have my end of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, if I, if I don't hold this up, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad karma. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we're going to go on a basically a month-long... Ayurvedic and tantric retreat, mm-hmm. purify the vessels, purify the energy systems, and then do ritual conception on the full moon of November. On the full moon of November, which just so happens to be my birthday, to be somebody's birthday, and a lunar eclipse. And you know, it's funny because it was also really close to the original conception. It's also within six weeks of the original conception, yeah. at, at two years and six weeks of the original conception. And it's interesting that it's a, um, a lunar eclipse because, you know, one of the questions that has come up in our magical containers uh, recently is the question about doing magic on lunar, solar eclipses, new moons, stuff like that, like any time that light is blocked. Mm-hmm. And the traditional theory is that that's not good and you shouldn't do that. And I personally say bullshit to that. That's my teaching. But it's really interesting that the date that was selected and divined, again, we don't pick these things. They, they were gifted to us. Mm-hmm. These dates were given to us and, and then confirmed. Um, and the date that he has chosen is a date that, like, technically is a no magic day if you were to follow the, like, traditional wisdom. So, you know, this kid's going to be a rule breaker right from day one. Literally. Unsurprising to me. <laughs> and me, let's be honest. Yeah. So there you have it. There's the news. That is the very exciting news. The prison will be adding a third individual at some point. And of course, we will keep you updated along the way. I think it goes without saying that um, pregnancy and parenthood is going to look very different at the prison than it does in most places in the world. So we will be sure to keep you guys updated on practices, principles, things we're doing. Um, If you guys have questions or if you, you know, there is anything you're curious about, like send us your stuff. I would love to see like old wives tales and ways to be able to tell like the gender or like old, you know, send me your cool witchy shit and send me your questions about, you know, patriarchy style um, pregnancy and let's have some fucking fun with this. All right. We'll talk to you later, Lightbenders. See you next week. We are so grateful that you decided to hit play on today's episode. If anything in this episode has inspired you or helped you transform your life, make sure to let others know by sharing a review on Spotify or iTunes so we can keep our community growing. 
We absolutely adore giving away free gifts. Send us a screenshot of your review to team at theprism.org to receive a special meditation from us as a gift of gratitude. We absolutely cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. Between now and then, don't forget to visit our website at theprism.org. And remember, the goal is always in you.